Welcome to Livelihood, providing tactical and practical tips for women who work. I'm Britt Larson, your host. Today on the Livelihood Podcast, I am thrilled to be joined by Emma Kaufman, who is going to be talking about a really interesting topic. It's something that we have bonded together over because sadly, we have both encountered this in many of our workplaces. But instead of dwelling on the negative aspects of it, we're going to talk today about how she has risen out of these situations of having a difficult boss. What's incredible about Emma is that she has spent several years in a corporate setting. I actually featured Emma on Livelihood. I think it was early last spring when she was still at CNN. And now this is so incredible. She is now a holistic coach for women like her who want to get more out of their lives. And I'm just so honored that she's taking the time to be here on the Livelihood Podcast. So welcome, Emma. Thank you so much, Britt. I'm so excited to be here. I'm just so glad we are making this happen. I love the internet. You and I met on Instagram. <laughs> we did. We did. It was it was love at first sight. It's so true. <laughs> And we have just supported each other's dreams. I've loved watching Emma evolve over the last year. Like you are just going places and going after your dream life, which as you know, is my whole thing, but I would love for you just to kick off to tell livelihood listeners about your career journey and how you got to the point you're at today. Absolutely. So I have been in the corporate world for a few years. I've worked at startups. I've worked at big corporations like CNN. And I've worked kind of in different paths within those jobs. So I've worked in analytics, product marketing, kind of been all over the map, which has been good. Um, And, you know, our topic today will kind of get into why I became a holistic coach. But I have now started my own business and kind of made the transition from corporate to being a business owner and being a coach. It's incredible. It's so exciting to me. And this is not our topic today. I'm going to take us on a little bit of a tangent and I know you're going to love it. (laughs) (laughs) That when I first started Livelihood, I really wanted it to be about helping women stay in the corporate world. And I think a lot of that was because there's just so many resources for entrepreneurial women. There's a lot of women to look at that we can see that have mega success as entrepreneurs. There's a lot of Instagrammers talking about their own businesses. Mm -hmm. There weren't a lot of women talking about staying in the corporate world. However, over the last year, I have just had epiphany after epiphany watching women like you do what you're doing and think how incredible that you are building your own dream completely on your own after doing your thing in the corporate world. I just, I respect it so much. And I just think it's such an exciting time to be a woman. A hundred percent exciting to be a woman, either in the corporate world or not. You know, the choice is ours and whatever fits our lifestyles is available to us, which is incredible. Exactly. I feel like we can celebrate that more than we do. And we don't have to feel limited by our choices. We just have a lot more choices than I think we give ourselves credit for. So thank you for sharing that. I know that wasn't an easy choice for you and it was cool to watch it uh, from afar to see how that evolved. 
Yeah, no, it was definitely a very scary choice. I've definitely been someone who has always had a career plan and strategy. And, you know, when I kind of broke the news to people around me, I think half of the people I had supporting me were not surprised at all, just because I am such a helper and a supporter in my life. And the other half were kind of like, wait, you're this career woman and you have this huge path to go after. So I think it can be really scary to kind of get those mixed messages and it just is important for every woman to do what works best for them and what really lights them up at the end of the day. Thank you. And thank you for letting me go on that tangent because I, do, I loved it. It was a beautiful tangent. I do think it is connected to our topic today, which is having and dealing yes. with a toxic boss, which I actually think that was one of the first conversations you and I had. Yep. Absolutely. How do I deal with this? I don't know what I'm doing. And I just said, Oh, solidarity sister. I've so been there. And we were talking right before we started recording. I think more than 50% of my bosses, I would say were really tough. Yeah. I had one in particular who was really toxic. Why do you feel like it's important to help women? Why is this something that you're willing to talk about? Totally. I think it can be really scary, especially for women who in the workplace can be seen as, you know, not wanting to complain or rock the boat or start conflict or do anything that would kind of make people question our ability. And me speaking up about it is just another way for women to feel empowered, to listen to their intuition, stand up for themselves, set healthy boundaries, and know that if something doesn't feel right to them or they feel harassed or uncomfortable in any way, their intuition is probably right in that sense. And I think it just helps to have other women and other allies speak up about you know, a topic that's super uncomfortable and people may not know how to deal with it in the workplace. That is such a great point that I, I honestly haven't thought about that before, that a lot of women and men you know, we mirror the behavior that we see, especially early on in our career. And if we see that other people put up with behavior, Mm -hmm. then we're going to think that that's okay. And it's up to us to say, totally. It normalizes. Yeah, exactly. That's not okay. And in fact, my one really toxic boss situation who she made people cry, she screamed profanities. It was, it was so awful. Not okay. Yeah. And it's crazy how long it lasted. The one thing that really kind of was the cherry on top where I said, I have to go to HR just mostly to protect myself, but also because I can't keep being the therapist for my team was that exact thing. I didn't want our younger employees to think that this was normal, that this was the kind of manager that they should become. Yeah. And I think it's beautiful that you were able to stand up and, you know, speak your truth and for, you're kind of doing it for other people as well. Kind of leading that path. Yeah. It's like the somewhat cheesy memes or things that we've seen on Instagram, but when you stand up for yourself, you're standing up for all women. And I really do think that's true. You are me too. So maybe you can give us some examples. I mean, what does toxic mean? If you if you're new to the workplace, oh or you're like, is this just a tough boss who's just kind of intense versus, whoa, yeah. this is not okay behavior. I think it can be actually really difficult to discern what is toxic and what is maybe part of that workplace culture or just part of that person's personality. But I will say for me, toxic means I am affected outside of the workplace. So when I go home, I'm either still affected by this boss or situation. And I dread going back to that environment because I'm going to interact with this person. 
It could mean that this person throws me under the bus constantly in meetings or, you know, something that my toxic boss did was speak about our team to the team. So like she may speak to me about an employee and then speak to that employee about me, um, which I think is just very inappropriate to gossip with people who you're managing Um, and gossip in the workplace in general. I mean, you say this all the time. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it right. I hope girls gossip women work. (laughs) (laughs) That's that girl. So if your boss is gossiping, that's yes. a no-no. Sadly, it, you just get reminded that middle school feels like it drags on and a lot of people don't grow out of it. Yeah. And you know what's so frustrating? I'm just starting to feel PTSD, honestly, as you're talking about this, that women oh. feed into the stereotypes when we act like this. And that was what was so hard for me about this situation was that I was so tired of hearing, oh, it's a department of a lot of women. All of you are just backbiting. And Mm -hmm. I just wanted to say, no, that's, it's just this personality, but sadly it's often true. It can be really true. And I think it's really important to remember that from leadership or whoever's higher above you, like that personality and that toxicity will trickle down. So if you you know, are going to be a leader one day. Mm. I think it's, I think it's actually really important for everyone. I mean, everyone will experience toxic boss, unfortunately, but I think it's important if you are looking to be a leader to know how to deal with that personality, nip it in the bud and also not perpetuate that kind of culture when you are in charge of an organization or a department of some sort. Oh, amen. Cause I think that's what happens. Yeah. I think that they learned it from someone else or they were told it was okay either because the culture accepted it or people put up with it. And I'm so glad I loved your first thought, Emma, that if you are affected by it outside of work, I've never thought about that, but it's true. Carries over. That's not good. And not normal. That's not normal. (laughs) Not normal. A hundred percent. Not normal. That's unacceptable. I think your boss may be stressing you out every once in a while or getting an email after hours that, is concerning normal. Like that's part for the course crying because your boss is a bully on a very frequent basis. That's, that's not okay. Yeah. I think bully is the perfect word. If your boss is a bully, that's a toxic environment. Yeah. And again, it starts to feel like middle school. So we've, we've identified the problem, whatever it may be, it's backbiting, it's gossip, it's saying one thing to your face and another behind your back. What Mm -hmm. do you do? And what did you do when you dealt with this? You handled this really, really well. Yeah. So I think, you know, the first thing that anyone should do when they're dealing with just an, an ideal situation like this is to shift your mindset. And instead of saying, why do I have this toxic boss? Why is this person treating me this way? ask yourself, what is this teaching you? Because I think if you can look at it from a learning perspective, you can really shift your entire experience here. And this is exactly what you could tell your next employer. Or, you know, whenever you're having a conversation about conflict elsewhere, you can tell people what exactly this taught you. Because really, I think a toxic boss is teaching you something and, you know, it's teaching every person a different thing, but you are learning something from this experience. That's so beautiful. And isn't that true with every horrible thing we go through? Yeah. That's, that's really, really sound advice. And I think that 
you can really realize quickly what kind of boss you don't want to be. And sadly, yes. many of my bosses have taught me, oh, that's not the kind of manager I want to be. I've had some great managers too, but of course, they, uh, they often teach by teaching you what you don't want to become. So that's great advice. Yeah. And I think the only way you learn what you do want is to learn exactly what you don't want and have that very clear in your own mind. Yes, that's a great point. Do you have an example of that? Of like, okay, I'm never going to talk about my employees behind their backs or something like that. I've I've really blocked this boss out of my head because it was so toxic. (laughs) I shouldn't Um, laugh. Let me think of a... Laugh away. It's, it's done. It's yeah. <laughs> you are your own boss now. Yes. No one controls me now. Yes. Um, so one thing that my boss would do is I would go in for our meetings and I would say, okay, this is the project you're having me work on and you want it to be red. And she would say, okay, it's red. And then the next day she would come in and say, why isn't this project blue? And you would say, well, I just agreed that it'd be red. So I spent, you know, the whole night stay, stayed up late and worked for this project to be the color red. So I think one thing that she did a horrible job of was being very clear about direction and very clear about what she wanted. Mm -hmm. And so that created this dynamic of I would produce something, it would get critiqued, it would get kind of thrown to the side, and then she would kind of come up with what she wanted to create. And then I would just kind of regurgitate her own thoughts. So not really allowing me to have that freedom and capability of creating things on my own when I knew that I could and I knew that I had done it in the past. That is the worst kind of micromanaging. Horrible. Horrible. Like, oh, girl. I'm so sorry. Killed my soul. Yeah. I learned a lot from it. Yeah, exactly. You shifted your perspective. So what other tips do you have? I've shifted my perspective and I'm thinking constantly. I'm learning. I'm learning. Yes. You have to always be in that learning mindset. The other thing you need to do is you need to document everything that this person is doing because unfortunately, a lot of times like you had to do, you have to go to HR with these things. And I think it's really important to just have everything in a document, ready to go, take the emotion out of it and just have it all down on paper in case something horrible happens. If nothing horrible happens, honestly, it's good to just have a list just to remind yourself of what you went through and what you were able to survive through. And it'll also kind of help you figure out, I don't want this in my next job, or I do want, you know, something else in my next job. And you'll kind of be able to suss that out. That's so smart. And sadly, I mean, what was crazy to me in this instance was that I was dealing with a lot of people who were in their first jobs. And so I would say to them, I know it was precious because they would come to me and just cry or were, you know, trying to confide in me. And I didn't manage the team, but I had managed before. And so I was trying to kind of do it on the side without, you know, going behind her back or being inappropriate, but just giving advice. But there were several times I said, you need to go to HR. And they just didn't even know that that was what HR was for. So yeah you know, understanding how your HR department works and the dynamics there, if there's any yes. kind of harassment or, you know, like you said, it's causing problems outside of work, you have to document. Mm-hmm. And I love the key to what you said was take the emotion out of it. Yes. Get that emotion out of there because it helps no one solve the problem. That's a great point because the last thing you want is for this to be a tit for tat he said, she right. said situation. You want it to be a valuable conversation that's productive. And the only way you do that is if you focus on your facts. 
You can't focus on your feelings. Yeah, exactly. And I think it also brings up the point that like nothing is personal against you. Like this person is acting because they're dealing with their own trauma and their own lives. It doesn't really have anything to do with you in particular. That's a really good point. With this instance, I definitely learned over time that there was stuff going on in my boss's personal life. I don't know if you went through that. Um, that was <laughs> was influencing how she was acting, which was super sad. But again, didn't didn't yeah. make it okay, but explained 100%. a lot of it. But it can't explain a lot. It doesn't make it right, like you said. But it can kind of help you put yourself in their shoes, even though you might not act that way to kind of see why this person is treating you in this way. Yes, for sure. And I think another way you can learn from that is to have appropriate boundaries at work. I mean, that was one of my big learnings from this experience was, wow, I don't ever want my bad days to make the rest of my department have a bad day. You know, that's not the kind of manager I want to be. Yeah. Of course. And you also learn what am I willing to, how am I willing to allow people to treat me? And you're able to kind of set those boundaries really clear and firm so that there's mutual respect on both sides. Oh, I love that. I actually talked about that in a recent episode that we have so much control over our perception mm-hmm. at work. You know, how people treat us is a huge reflection of how they perceive us. And you have control over that. You can talk to people about the right things and influence how they treat you by how you treat them and how you talk to them, what you share with them and the boundaries that you have. Absolutely. And ultimately it shows how you feel about yourself as well. If you're allowing people to kind of step over those boundaries or if you're able to really hold firm and stand your ground, it shows how much you really value your own self as well. Yes. Did you have experiences where you stood up for yourself? I would say I stood up for myself almost every day (laughs) with this boss. Good for you. And it wasn't something that I necessarily love doing. Like I am not usually a super firm person, but sometimes with certain people, you can't really, she tended to overshare a lot with other employees. And so I kind of found that if I just kept it to a very workplace minimum, nothing about my personal life, and really set a clear, firm boundary of what I was willing to give her and what I wasn't, it worked better for me. Smart. And that takes some time and a little bit of trial and error, but that was really smart of you that you figured that out. And cool that you stood up for yourself. Were you scared to do that? I was definitely scared, but I also realized that really she's a scared person who hasn't dealt with her own trauma in her life. So it kind of made it easier to stand up for myself and say, no, this actually isn't okay. Um, or, you know, I'm, I'm unclear on that direction. I really need you to give clear direction because, you know, whatever the situation was, because I kind of knew where she was coming from and saw that she had so many unhealed aspects of herself, if that makes sense. Well, that's really powerful. And frankly, really cool that you were able to to recognize that a lot of it was what she was dealing with. Cause that's hard. It is. It is hard to recognize that like a lot of the way that your toxic boss might be acting has nothing to do with you and everything to do with them. But I think the more that you can just remind yourself that like, even if you don't believe it and you just say it to yourself, like a mantra every day, like this is not personal. This is something to do with their lives this is the reflection of them. I think it can help ease the blow a little bit. That's brilliant, Emma, honestly, because I think in the thick of it, it's very difficult to remember that. But if you use it as a mantra, it's so hard. That 
Yeah, that's really, man, I wish we had had this conversation a few years ago. <laughs> I know. I know. Hopefully this will help. I, someone. I was just thinking, well, we couldn't help each other when we were both going through this, but we can help others yes. who are listening now. And we can help uh, each other in the future if we encounter another toxic <laughs> boss somewhere along the way. It's true. <laughs> and I think, you know, one thing that I do think is cool about what's happening with the workplace though, is that we're putting up with a lot less. Companies are becoming more transparent. I mean, in some ways I feel like HR is not nearly as refined as it used to be. And and maybe it's just because of recent experiences I've had at a kind of a startup company where I thought that we had HR, but we didn't really. Startups yeah. don't have HR. I, I know it was <laughs> it was something that I thought was going to happen that obviously didn't, and I was naive. And, yeah. You're on your own. Um, but <laughs> I do think that you know women are standing up for themselves. They're saying, "I'm not putting up with this." And the more, like we talked about at the beginning of the episode, the more that each of us do that, the more it's going to become the standard and the norm. And I think that there's going to be a shift in work, the workplace. And another thing I've thought about, I'm curious to get your thoughts about this. I, I think that in the past, the really yeah. old school corporate structure has been the only way you can make more money is to get into management. And so I think a lot of people who have no business managing got into management. Mm-hmm. sounds like your boss was one of those people. And I think that, I think that's changing. I hope it changes at least. I I definitely hope it changes, even if it changes in the sense that people who have no management experience are given some kind of training, even if that's the one change we can get out of this. If we're able to kind of like build up some emotional intelligence that people who are in management positions don't necessarily have enough of. Yes, that's a great point. I mean, even just the writings of people like Brene Brown and talking about emotions in the workplace Mm -hmm. in a much more transparent way and, you know, bringing your whole self to work, all of that stuff feels kind of new age and and different. Sadly, it's, it's a new concept. It is. So I hope that helps. I mean, look, in my years of working, I feel like I've seen more people cry outside of the bathroom than inside of the bathroom in the past few years than when I first started, (laughs) you know, people are really starting to, to express themselves. (laughs) That is such a great point. And I don't know if you've read Lean In, but Sheryl Sandberg talks about how it was early on when she was at Facebook, Mm -hmm. she sobbed in Mark Zuckerberg's office. And when she shared that story, I thought this is so uncomfortable. I remember reading it. I was uptight working in DC thinking, who does this California hippie think she is? This is not a story to share. And now I'm so that way. I'm like, Yes. Let's all cry, get our feelings out. Yes. Until you've had one of those breakdown moments at work, you don't know what it's like to just need to have a good cry. You don't know until it happens. (laughs) I love that. Everyone's cried at the workplace, okay? Let's just get that out there. (laughs) It's true. Some of us in our car, in the bathroom, or outside the car, or outside the bathroom. You never know. Bring it to light. Let other people know. Find your allies. It's true. I mean, one of my uh, very first jobs, and I still have a couple of really good girlfriends from this uh, company, we met in the bathroom crying. Like, hey, that's where we met. Whatever brings you <laughs> that's together. That's what I knew. I wouldn't last very long. 
know. Discovering we, what you don't uh, want. We were see? crying over a toxic boss, but we. Oh, you bonded though. <laughs> we totally oh. did. Um, do you have any final thoughts or like other tips about dealing with this situation? This is I been know so I, well, I could go on for hours with this with you about this. It's very interesting. I know. (laughs) Um, I think my last two points, one is to make sure that if you are dealing with a toxic boss, that you find a support system within your office or company. And that could be mentors in another department. It could be your coworkers. It could be people who have experience with this boss or not just so that you don't feel completely alone. Because I think this can feel so isolating if your coworkers either don't have a problem with the person or you're, you're, you know, you have friends at the company who aren't dealing with this. You can feel kind of like, is this a me problem? Is this a boss problem? So make sure that you have that support. And then the second piece of advice is know when you've had enough to have to leave. Like not all toxic bosses are going to get resolved and not all toxic bosses need to result in you quitting, but know when you've had enough or know when it's time to kind of step away. Really good advice on both sides. I think having allies at work, that's something I talk about a lot in different departments, different levels. They don't need to be be in your peer group. Mm -hmm. Love that point. Um, and yeah. you know, if you're comfortable sharing, I'd love to know. I mean, you walked away from this situation into something so beautiful that I hope you will talk about here at the end. You you knew that it was your time, right? I knew that it was my time. I had kind of hit my breaking point of convincing myself that this new path was not my path. If that makes sense, like all of these years, I kind of just said, like, no, yeah. stay in corporate. You're doing so well. There's no need to kind of venture out into this scary unknown territory where the money is not just flowing in naturally. So it was kind of my <laughs> last straw of the corporate world was this boss. And I'm honestly so grateful that it happened when it did because I stayed in this job six months and it was a huge shock to everyone when I left, a huge shock to myself even that I actually, after six months quit, but I'm so happy I did and I wouldn't have had it any other way. Isn't it interesting how life works that this really horrible, hard thing birthed this amazing opportunity for you where now you're helping so many people. Yes. Yes. I think that within a dark period there, you can't see the light yet until you go through that dark period and it really pushes you to evolve into who you're supposed to be. You kind of need that kick in the pants almost. Totally. I love that. So will you tell yeah. tell Livelihood listeners what you do, the kind of coaching that you offer, and how they can work with you? Yes, I would love to. So I am a holistic coach, which means I kind of look at my clients' lives in a very kind of overall approach, not just taking kind of like a symptom. Like if someone's dealing with anxiety, I won't just look at you know, that you have anxiety, I'll look at kind of what caused it and look at the root causes of everything. So a lot of my clients are dealing with kind of strengthening their intuition, listening to their inner voice to make decisions in their lives, whether it's, you know, quitting a crazy job or finding out what they want to do in life, or maybe they're feeling stuck. So kind of anything from intuition to manifesting the life that you want and really bringing in that abundance and joy into your life that can be really scary and kind of unknown and how to do that. It's kind of like untangible things that we work through to make a beautiful life for, for my clients. That's wonderful. What have you learned in this process as you've started your new business? 
I've learned to just be very patient and kind of let things flow the way that they're going to flow. I feel like it's really easy to kind of want things on your timeline and want to, you know, force things or have, you know, all of this crazy stuff happen at once. But when you kind of just take a step back, slow down and turn inwards, you can really just let a lot of beautiful things come your way and receive a lot of things into your life. Oh, such good advice. I love talking to you. Thanks, Britt. <laughs> I love talking I just, to you. I need to be reminded because I'm so type A and I, like you, I had my career path and my my journey so perfectly yep. laid out. And there are parts of it that are still in play that I don't want to change, but with time, yeah, it's changed and it's so cool. And like you said, it's really beautiful to, to let the hard things that have happened teach us. So what a cool reminder. Yes. Learn from them. Don't let them hold you back. Go towards the fear and don't let anything hold you back. That's really, really powerful because I think especially again with the way the economy is working now, I mean, like we've talked about, you and I haven't met. We live on the opposite ends of the country. We're talking to each other through a laptop. Like how cool is it that we can do that? There's just so many options for women. We don't have to stay in a job that we hate. Like life is just too short for that. No, it's too short. And our bodies don't need that kind of stress. Like we're meant for more. Amen. I, that's so, so true. So I want to end with, uh, I'm guessing you will say yes, but do you think it's true that people leave managers, not jobs or companies? I mean, that's a really old adage, but do you think that? (laughs) Yes, that's exactly, honestly, what I said in my exit interview. I said, I'm not leaving this job for the job. I'm leaving it for the boss. You nailed it. (laughs) It's so sad because- I, I really do think that like we've talked about just a lot of people get put in management that shouldn't be, yep. but like you've talked about, you've, you've turned this really toxic situation into something amazing. And I don't know if you hadn't had this happen, I don't know if you'd have this beautiful life that you're building right now. Do you? No, I wouldn't have had it as soon. I think the universe had been yeah. pushing me to make this realization, but I was too scared to admit it. And when my back was up against the wall in this horrible work situation, I said, enough is enough. It's time to take the risk on myself and go for it. Because if not now, then when am I going to be miserable 14 years from now thinking, oh man, I wish I would have tried to start my coaching business. It was the time. It was just kind of like everything aligned. And once I let go, so many beautiful things came into my life. And I, I hope that people know that when you let go of the bad, you make room for the good. Oh, I love that. So will you tell us how we can work together? Tell us where to go, how to find out more information about that. So you can find me either on Instagram. My handle is Emma evolving and my blog, same name, Emma evolving. If you just look on my Instagram, there's a link tree. It will link to my blog. It'll link to my current packages. And there's a link to sign up for a free discovery call where we talk about all of your needs and wants. And I create customized plans for all clients. And that's how you can find me. And I would love to work with anyone and everyone. Uh not all at once, but one at a time. <laughs> oh, I, I love it. I've just loved this conversation. I think that, like we said, this can turn into a really positive thing, whether it's springboarding into a new role within your company, which is actually what happened to me. 
Um, funny enough, yeah. I actually replaced this toxic boss. I was promoted and she was, she was like, go. Yeah. Um, and it was a really Beautiful. cool experience. It was so hard. Oh my gosh. I don't wish that on anyone because yeah, it was tough. rough, but I learned so much just like what you have described. Yeah. And so if you're in the thick of having, constant battles with your boss or just feeling like it's never going to get better. It can, and it will, and it may not be tomorrow and you may have to make a drastic change. You may not have to, you may just have to be patient, but with your tips, I think that you can get to a much better place. So just thank you so much for joining me, Emma. Do you have any parting thoughts? I think my parting thought is just remember everything is temporary and you are in control of your own destiny. So go after it. Oh, that's so smart. Thank you so much, Emma. And we have to have you back again to talk about something else. This is just too fun. I would love to. You are the best and I've had a wonderful time. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to Livelihood. Please share this episode with your friends and be sure to follow Livelihood on Instagram and join the Livelihood community group on Facebook. You can always find more info and episodes on livelihoodwithaway.com.